hands up, you're out of luck And your back's up against the wall From Tunisia to Washington The people are calling no You're casting guns, you're cutting thugs Your lies on the TV None of that can save you now As your reign is swept away Get up, get up, your voices are needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Get up, get up, your voices are needed Become, become the pulse of the revolution In the ranks of the masses rising Greetings everyone, this is a call to actions This is podcast number 28 And we are live at home today in our in-home studio It's finally snowing over here in northern Ohio It is the birthday of a man... A man named Christopher Sweeney. He goes by the nickname, or he may correct me later, uh, Skywater. He'll explain what that means. He's been on, on a constant search for truth and justice and doing all he can to awaken people uh, in this nation here in the United States so far, spiritually. And he's traveled over here to Westlake, Ohio. And uh, we want to welcome Chris Sweeney to our, our humble home. Uh, Skywater, how did you get that that name? What does it mean? Well, to answer that, I guess it goes back to the understanding that we're more than just our name, the physical person. You know, there's the the physical layer of us, but then there's the mental level that we operate on, but then a spiritual level, and that was a spiritual name given to me. And sky and have is kind of parallel to heaven or spiritual higher things and um, earth is the physical stuff so it's I'm trying to reach into higher spiritual realms and bridge the information gap so I'm trying to be water from heaven in these dry parched lands <laughs> amen for that Chris thanks for being us on your birthday it's a special time for us to be together and there's a lot going on um, you've had some projects you've been working on. You've been going around um, meeting with people, helping people get you know well in several different aspects. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that, or um, about the travels, or yeah, just you know what how God is calling you to go and meet with people personally to help them heal, either through your tinctures or what have you. Yeah, I guess I'll give a couple quick little outlines so I was yeah. really sick in my life I was really physically sick and I had a supernatural healing which was an initial healing and then God led me through uh, steps to walk out and the steps to walk out was all natural healing getting better from some things that people don't get better from in a doctor so that kind of shattered some old paradigms and getting better I wanted to help others so I tried doing whatever I could to bridge the gap and share information, even started making the medicine. And what I found was it was more than just having the answer. That wasn't as important as figuring out how to break down the old walls that they had. Mm -hmm. so, so I had a lot of trial and error in helping people, trying to understand, only to find that you, you can't really, there's no paths created that we can follow to get the results that anybody wants. So, so um, I, you know, I started a, a nonprofit trying to 
be a vehicle that people could work together regardless of beliefs and just do what my faith says we do. And that's just uh, better mankind, heal the earth, heal people, remove lies, correct what's wrong. How do we do that in a way that um, people can just work together, you know? Um, and see, I don't even know where to go with the community work for it. Ask, ask something else. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that you're saying that it's more than just physical. So you're finding that trauma is really more of a spiritual thing. Right, so with that, okay, one revelation was, okay, the whole human condition is spiritual disassociation. So we were one with God and then we were um, separated and that act of separation, we were spiritually disassociated from the whole or the truth. So um, a better understanding of sin for me would be unresolved trauma because if you look at the biblical narrative and Adam and Eve, imagine people in harmony with God and then separated. That would be the most traumatic event in history. And then immediately that trauma that they experienced um, was projected forward onto their children. Then you have kids killing each other. You know, we know the rest of the stories. It just gets worse and worse and fragmented more and more. So I think that is one, um, the trauma aspect if we define things differently, we can get different results. So there's a, a bridge between, say, science and religion. And if you can redefine something, unite, be united in a, a more vast definition, it undoes the damage of previous lies. So if, if people of faith define sin as a symptom of unresolved trauma, well then science can come along and say, these are the verifiable things that we understand about trauma. Okay, here's the, the language of trauma that we can use. So then we can actually react to the situation based upon the truth rather than reacting to emotional automatic programs built from lies. So as a traveling healer, as I'll, I'll put it, um, what different types of natural medicines have, you, have been your go-tos? Say if you had to list just a, just a few, and for what types of symptoms are the most common? Well, let me put it this way. I learned a long time ago that I had to stop doing what doctors do. You know, doctors look at, here's a specific thing, and here's a specific remedy, and we're so complex, nothing is really as simple as just one definable symptom. So then I started looking at, okay, well, there's certain staples, you know, there's heavy metals, there's EMF interference, there's parasites, there's always fungus, and then even more, there's lies believed. So it's like, what type of full spectrum things work in all of those realms? Because one analogy that I used was, with, with, um, was that the sickness isn't the web that we look at you know it's actually a spider that has many legs so you have to like ice try isolating one leg or as many as you can and it weakens the hole and then it stops making the the webs that most people stare mm -hmm. at so one full spectrum thing that works on fungus metals um, probably i would say my go-to best tasting simplest for anybody is cystus and canis tea and it's also the strongest biofilm buster there is naturally 
and biofilm is something people don't understand, which actually protects all of the pathogens. So if I try dealing with one specific pathogen or parasites, it's all protected by the biofilm. Mm -hmm. So unless you, you kind of have to get the most foundational piece or find the, the biggest barrier. So biofilm's one and it works in many other realms. And another go-to would be black seed, you know? Mm -hmm. um, black cumin seed oil. Yep, yep, black mm -hmm. cumin seed. Uh, and there's the oil or the seasoning. Tastes mm -hmm. great, mm -hmm. tastes like fennel. I honestly believe if we had the right information and it was normalized that we drank something like cystis and Kenneth tea our whole life and food was seasoned with these healing plants that, you know, a lot of uh, past generations did more seasoning, even just mm -hmm. black seed. People couldn't get the kind of sick that, they, that has been normalized. Because I realized I was sick my whole life and didn't know it. I was probably born sick. And it took getting really, really sick, and then getting better, and then getting even better than I'd ever been in my whole life, to realize it. We accept as normal that which we experience. So that's, uh, it's really easy to accept something that is less than the fullness of truth. So that's something important for us to kind of factor. Yeah, and that's just, that's just, that's threefold too. So it's not just in the physical with, you know, the medicine or lack thereof of proper medicine, proper diet, proper food, um, but then the spiritual side where there are the lies and we accept what is normal because we've been taught generation through generation through generation that we just believe that that's normal and you're uncovering things that are showing us that, you know, what we've been told is a lot of lies. Yeah, and I think people are really seeing that more and more. A lot of things in the world, it's just like, okay, they aren't adding up. People are seeing it more and more and questioning things, and that's good. And back in, let's see, sorry, back in, uh, when did you write this paper about the virus? This was before any of this virus came out. It's a great analogy. Yeah, just explain that. Understand that. Explain that, that battle of uh, the real... The virus. Battle, battle the against virus. the real virus. Yeah. So the virus. In 2018, um, I got a download and it was a, a download <laughs> and it was the analogy of God as an operating system, like God's operating system. The world is this created operating system like Windows or Mac or whatever. And there is a virus, you know, Satan the virus and then Yeshua the antivirus. And it really, it really helped me to see that everything has a program, a system. You know, God has laws and, and there is a way that things work. Whether we don't have to, even if we don't understand the things that are programmed into the computer, Windows always works the same and the unseen parts are still there. Not everybody has access to the, the stuff behind the scene. But I realized for me, uh, understanding all of the processes opens the door to be able to change any part of the process. It's like Carolyn Leaf gave the analogy that only the things we don't know can cause us harm. So it's like if I understand God and his operating system and that there is a virus, then I can be the antivirus. Then I can be that part of the body. And so when we look at everything, you know, it's good 
lesser definitions can cause disunity and cause us not to act in harmony with truth. So redefining things as, okay, what is the virus? There's a spiritual virus, which is anything that causes us to be divided. You know, I like an analogy of God that I've used is like, we're, we're all kind of like cells in the body of God. And there's a virus. The virus is any information, any established system, anything that causes members of the body to fight itself, you know, because that's really what's happening. It's, it's just lower understandings and selfish desires that, that um, keep these negative cycles going. And it's happened so long and so gradual, we're stuck at a point where we are dealing with the fruit of seeds that we didn't plant. We're all victim of the same thing and we're all, we all have power to, one, accept the things that are. See the ugly pieces of the puzzle and then once we see the puzzle pieces, we can be the antivirus, which is what you and your mission, everything that you're doing, it's like standing for truth. That is being the antivirus. One way, one way I like to put it is, in order to understand the virus or the enemy, the spiritual enemy, we have to perform counterintelligence and understanding exactly how it works in order to perform a solution or build a solution towards it, an antivirus solution against the virus. So, you know, going down deep into the trenches and understanding the inner workings of the enemy is extremely important in this spiritual fight. And only from there, you know, can we learn and pass that, that information on to others in being the antivirus. You know, what that makes me think of is, okay, one thing I actually mentioned it in the analogy is uh, football. And football, okay, you have two teams. Well, one, they practice in the physical realm. They do the physical training. But really, the biggest thing that they do is study the other team. So the, it's even more than you can be less strong physically, but if you know what the other team is going to do, if you know their strategies, their tactics, their, their go-to plays, then you can navigate them properly. So mm -hmm. the winning team isn't just the best players, it's they have the best information to navigate those players. Yeah, they look for patterns. Right. I and mean, that's, that's how they play the game anyway, is they have patterns to... Um, to get to the destination and by having the knowledge knowledge is power just you know not having the knowledge you're kind of like you know you could be a victim of not having that knowledge right. so what we try to do in all of our conversations in a call to action is to bring solutions right. so acknowledge what is broken and then what can we be part of in action in, in a positive way to be part of the solution and then empower other people to be to get into action as well. Do you have any suggestions um, as just like a, you know, hit all three areas as for the mind, the body, and the spirit? Well, let's like dive into those areas and how we can be the antivirus. And let's start off first with the battle of the mind. Well, all maladies are a malady of the mind in a sense, because if I'm physically sick, I don't understand some negative aspect of something, environmentally or food or something, and not understanding it opens the door. Not understanding what would correct the problem leaves me stuck in that spot. 
So um, me being restricted in the mind in any way restricts my body. You know, and me being restricted in the mind restricts me spiritually because the spirit, like the analogy of the spirit is the spirit of truth. You know, mm -hmm. so the truth sets us free. There's only bondage where there is a lie. Mm -hmm. So um, as, a, as people, we naturally tend to self-preserve, but in truth, the greatest possible scenario that we can encounter is a place that we have believed lies, accepted lies, um, have operated from bad definitions, and then correcting that. You know, that is actually the greatest thing that we can acquire. But it's also, it's weird how our ego will tend to cause us to resist being open with the uncomfortable failures, which is not a failure, it's just part of the learning process. Yeah. Oh, so, it's funny too with ego is you when you go through you move through fear or something that you know fear is fear is to fear itself you know that's what stops your growth is when you get fear. back on the other side of it and you push through it and you look back and you're like there was nothing to be scared of right there right. it's the mind creating this this scary thing that doesn't even exist right well. Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. There, my mind automatically wants to be like, there are scary things that exist, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just thinking about like one of the most feared things in for most people is public speaking. Right. And they, I mean, people are just, and once you have stepped into taking a chance and just trusting and trying something that you're scared of, you can look back and just go, well, that really wasn't that bad in the first place. Right. Just little things how the mind will capture us and prevent us from growth. But um, that was just a little, little I didn't want to sidetrack you there if you wanted to continue. <laughs> um, I just want to say one thing, just real quick. Um, as being the antiviruses, we could also be the antimicrobials uh, and the antioxidants as well. Uh, antioxidants seek and destroy uh, free radicals. Uh, those, you could, I guess you could consider them. You know the microbes and the um, the free radicals, the uh, you know Satan's demons, and um, I guess those would be like like smaller operations that um, the antiviruses would go on, mm -hmm. <laughs> as uh, you know putting on a different shirt to be an antioxidant for one day, uh, but the ov overall job is to be an antiviral. <clears throat> right, and yeah, the the analogy of the virus is great in the world, you know, because everybody can understand a virus. You know, a lot of people can understand a computer. What happens when your computer gets a virus? Stuff doesn't work right. What, what does an antivirus program do on a computer? It quarantines the virus. So, you know, what's happening in the world? There's a virus. It's quarantined. Okay, well, that's because there's something negative that's being isolated. So we want, first, in order to be the antivirus outside of us, we have to be able to look at ourselves honestly and say, where might I be stained with the virus? Because we all are stained with a virus of untruths manifesting. So that's one way of defining the virus. What is the virus? Any untruth manifesting in matter. Because according to God, we're co-creators, you know? And it's the spirit of truth. It's the truth that sets us free. You know, the word says, okay, my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So any place we are suffering, 
any place we are perishing, there is some lie believed or some lack of truth. Then you fast forward to the end of the book. Okay, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They loved not their life even unto death. Well, an honest testimony is a ego death in a way. That is what, you know, a taking up our cross. So it's, mm -hmm. it's just amazing how front to back it all fits, but there is a virus in some of our theologies um, in all things. I think that's a good truth to establish. Reestablishing the right truths. We're all affected by lies. You know, if we, if we start with that, it helps. And then a bigger definition, a virus. You know, it, just yeah. to correlate everything physical has a mirror, it's a veiled mirror to something spiritual. So if we can try to bridge that gap in our mind, it really does change. It really does bring heaven to earth. Thank you for all of that. And uh, I want to get back to some of the more in detail, uh, deep stuff here in just a little bit. But going back to uh, your origins, on, can you explain really just a little more uh, why you chose to get into this and what your ultimate goal is? Well, get into just serving, helping, or just where I am now? Yes. Yes, serving. Definitely, definitely, I would say number one was sickness. Um, I was so sick I was praying for death. I literally wanted death. There was nothing else I wanted from this world except for to not exist. It was that far gone, and it didn't go away. So I made a covenant with God at that moment. If you make me better, I'll live the rest of my life for you like I always should have. And it was an instant healing. So I've always an instant initial healing. So I've always maintained, I've always tried fulfilling that covenant. There's never been anything else in my life since. Not saying I did it perfect, saying, but 100% of my motives in life was not self-aspiration, you know? And in navigating things, I learned, okay, it's not as simple as the systems in place working. You know, the medical realm doesn't fix the physical problems because it's too narrow of a scope. Um, I learned God was bigger than the narrow scope that I was getting in religion. I just learned that while definitions help us to comprehend something, eventually the definitions restrict, you know? So I, I had to keep going lower. First I tried starting the nonprofit, you know? Okay, there, there are so many faiths, so many beliefs, religious, non-religious, why can't we all work together on something? You know, why, why isn't there a way for us to work together? Because of the virus, the virus divides. Mm -hmm. so, so I tried starting that myself. I gave up my business, I gave up everything, just whatever it takes. I threw back the small fish, I'm just like, I need to... You need to have play. room for the big fish. Right, yeah. Like throwing out all the smalls. Yeah, and, and I tried. And what I found was everybody is so spread thin fighting their own fight and fighting information, it doesn't work. So. Um, I eventually, once the virus shut the country down, which kind of has already shut down a fullness mm -hmm. <laughs> before that, um, I just started traveling. I started in, in seeing what it looks like everywhere. And it's amazing how there is an abundance of space, yet there are people homeless. You know, there, yeah. there's an abundance of resources, yet people are disconnected. There's an, it's just, there is an available fullness 
that we're just not operating in because of the lies. And I've, I've learned, I feel other people suffering. I know you guys do, I can tell you, you do too. <laughs> so um, I guess I kind of lost the original flow there. Uh, the, but, I mean, the, the goal um, now, right, right, was to build community so that we have, could have a way to, to bring unity right. to each other. Yeah, right. and so that that's a good point. Okay, so the reason that we don't work with all other groups already is because we have past traumas. You know, our trauma causes us to create a wall, you know, to protect what we're doing. So it's good, you know, as that part of the body building something, but that wall that protects and keeps things out also keeps us trapped within that narrow definition. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you create something where the pieces can work together without any of the pieces having power over each other? That was a that was a big thing, is like creating a skin so that all the different parts are functioning as one whole unit, mm -hmm. you know, and so that started then I started toying with the concept of, of community works. Um, you know, um, starting not-for-profit businesses and creating new systems where the people within a local community actually decide where those profits go. So we're not giving our power over to corporations and any unseen motives they might have, you know? Because in a chain, yes, um, the links in the chain make it longer, but every single link is a weakness. So then I tried calculating how do we um, eliminate the, the transitions, the places that people have power. How do, we, how do we create a shell that doesn't have power over the things but gives all of the people power of the whole? It's kind of an upgrade from our system in government, but it's in, it is in a social governance, but it's almost an ungovernance in a way, uh, you know? I um, agree with that. I, I think the whole idea of community is you can break down those walls and those barriers that people have, that they protect themselves, like this is my thoughts are, you know, the correct thoughts and their thoughts are, or their religion or whatever is, is one better than the other. When you come to serve as a community, I think you break, you have the ability to break those walls down. Right, because we tend to focus on what makes us different you know because because everything is forced on us externally we cling to our individualism even more but this revelation that i've been having is really in a in a real sense self-preservation becomes anti-christ you know and christ being the unity of the whole you know so any place that i build me i'm not building the bigger thing you know or some bigger thing and it, so really every system in place did serve a purpose when it was started. It's, it was perfect fighting some past thing, but like a wave, eventually every wave crashes. It becomes corrupted, yeah. um, infiltrated and corrupted. And then human will is injected into it. Mm -hmm. So it's like one person somewhere along the line that has power to create some strict structural piece all of a sudden, everybody is affected negatively. It only takes one person, one lie, one anything to destroy the whole. So it's it's really, okay, how do we 
not give any people power over it all? How do all people actually have the same type of power in the system? You know, you create business, not-for-profit business. Let's say I, um, I spend a thousand dollars, I get a thousand votes. All of the votes that people get are, the profits are split up between all of the votes. So I can decide where the profit is used in a separate local network, you know, um, which can be helping people, which can be um, donating it to an already established not-for-profit. You know, there's just lots of different ways that we can take things that haven't worked and convert it to good because everything is like an operating system. Everything that happens has a program and things that came before it. So we can co-create new programs. Any system, like, this is ours. We're heirs to the promise of Abraham. We're, we're American. We're any of these titles. But if something doesn't work, we have to build what works. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it takes getting outside of ourselves. It takes, uh, it takes good ideas and the, uh, the collaboration of, of good ideas, working together in unison um, and peace and unity and figuring out some of the biggest problems on this planet and um, you know, each of us being a cell or an atom in the body of Christ and recognizing uh, what is the virus or um, antichrist and us being the antivirus to the virus um, and in that we all do have power and once we realize that we have the power to create our own missions and that they do make changes. And even if it impacts one person, then it was all worth it. If you can save one life, it's all worth it. <clears throat> but in the collaboration, it becomes even more effective. Right. You know, we can be on our own solo thing, but realizing that we're, we're collective uh, as, as part of a larger body, then we really start to see how powerful we really are when we make that conscious choice. And I think uh, typical society has a, uh, a preconception that Christians are uh, weaklings or, um, or just you know, law-abiding um, sheep. Though there is a time when the sheep become lions. Right. And, and there is a time for us to stand up and we know what's right. Um, that is within us. So it's in everybody. And the time is now. And to all listening to this, you are powerful. Do what you can. And um, Yeah, no raindrop thinks it's responsible for the flood, but the flood is every single raindrop working together. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's a really good way to, to put it. Um, so... Okay, going back to the more more detailed stuff on um, you know your origins, your travels as a traveling healer, just as one part of, of what you do. And I almost wouldn't even say really it all comes back to how do we heal or how do we do anything? First we have to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think in us ourselves we have so much we're so busy and so bombarded by the fast pace of the world, we Honestly, some people never in their life recalibrate and, and are familiar with how they work. They're so busy reacting to everything 
they, they don't take the time to know themselves and know how they work. So they can't really grow in deeper ways because they don't understand themselves. So in traveling, um, disconnecting from all of the normal input, then I can see things with a fresh lens. You know, I can see things with a fresh lens and, and try to visualize how I relate to them, try to see myself in them, try to, instead of trying to beat my information into them, try to comprehend whatever their beliefs are, whatever they're experiencing, and then I can kind of bridge the language gap. Because even with the language English, okay, every person that speaks English, we're not speaking the same language. Every person speaks their own unique language. Every person defines words differently. So if I can speak someone's language, then I can heal them. And sometimes just the, the, the act of listening to them does more healing than anything I would have tried doing. It's just that connection with them without any motives, without any anything, just the presence, just the, the love of caring does just as much and sometimes more than any of the things I try. So that's an interesting revelation. It's a good point. Good it's dynamic. Just, it's just the simplicity of, of God's love. It's right. just, there's no motivation there. It's just to be present with love. And then people feel that safety and then they feel that they have the opportunity to, to maybe share an unresolved trauma at that point in time. That's really where the healing takes place or the beginning of it is to acknowledge some sort of, we talked about this yesterday with my personal experience, sometimes you don't even know you have unresolved trauma until you take a minute to express that you might have actions going on in your life that may not mirror or may not be like who you think you are. And then you have to dig down and say, where is this coming from? And then you maybe you know, what's a good path for people to ask themselves? Do I have some unresolved trauma that's affecting my life negatively? Uh, are there any particular people that you've run into that didn't know they had unresolved trauma? They just had maybe a physical response to that trauma and then you had to help them get to that place where they could discover that? Well, oddly enough, pretty much almost anybody I've mentioned trauma, like they're like right away, like trigger or something and they're like, oh. They're like, yeah, I, and they're open with their trauma. So a lot of people know they've been through traumas, but they just don't have the language of trauma to understand how trauma, okay, in some situation where we don't have control, that's trauma. That's where trauma comes. We have no control, so our mind has to bend to um, adjust so it doesn't break. So. There, we will believe some lie or our mind will compartmentalize in some way. A lie gets imprinted and it gets us through that spot, that thing, whatever the trauma is. But what happens is it wrote a new program. And later on in life, the information that helped in one place causes harm somewhere down the road. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the way that we bend to one situation can become the main thing that restricts us from moving further. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's interesting, our greatest, I quote, our greatest 
struggles in life will be taking old paradigms, you know, old information, old thoughts with us through into a new paradigm. And that's really the baggage from trauma. That's the breakthrough. You know? I, I know everyone has got some level of it and you know, you, it, it doesn't matter what it is, you name it, it's just some level of, you said when you disassociate, um, then you have a, a spiritual um, disassociation which, like I said, we talked about it being threefold. It's a physical, it's a spiritual, and it's a mind type thing. Um, are people getting breakthroughs, you feel like, spiritually after they resolve the mind trauma? Well, I, I think, you know, even biblically. So to resolve from trauma, you really need two basic things first. One, you have to have the right kind of physical environment. And then you have to have, two, the right kind of um, mental information. Well, you can't reach the mental information yourself. You're like you have to. You can't fix a problem from the same type of thinking that created it. Mm -hmm. So it takes being rightly related to somebody um, to, and trusting them to one be able to open up to them, and then them to be able to say the difficult thing that they see. A lot of people never speak what they see. We're so used to avoiding conflict that we never actually just plainly out of love say the difficult thing, you know? So in a way to not speak the truth that we see is allowing lies, you know? Um, some of the, the most simple uncomfortable things that I've said to people have had the greatest result. One, it was just, you know, I see that you you know, wear a lot of makeup, you know, like, wh what is this covering up within you? What trauma is this hiding? Is this, you know, you don't feel adequate or, you know, and boom, it would just like unleash a bunch of trauma. It would, it would, they would know immediately or just make connections with the things they've been doing their whole life and how it came back to a feeling of inadequacy earlier in life, you know? So we don't realize how there's a program written that creates almost every action we do. 90% of what we do is a subconscious program just happening, you know? Um, so with our conscious mind, we can access and take back the 90% subconscious, you know? Um, it's, you know, it's like on a, compo on a computer, in a program, um, all of the magic happens behind the scenes. You just see, what the screen shows, but there's so much stuff happening behind the scenes. There's the coding and all. So if we learn the program, we want to be a programmer. We want to write new programs, be a co-creator. So we have to understand the program. And then it's like, even if there's not a setting for what we visualize, we can go in and write the setting. We can go in and change anything as long as we can see the world through uh, the paradigm of a coder mm -hmm. and the paradigm of an operating system, the paradigm of a virus, you know? Um, trauma causes a trigger. Most people only react to triggers that are attached to their old traumas. So you have people, one person getting mad, they're not mad about the thing that happened. It's trauma manifesting. Well, then their trauma triggers someone else's trauma and everybody is just reacting to each other's trauma and it, it doesn't make logical sense from the outside. You can see that two people having an argument, like 
What are they mad about? Oh, I don't know. She bumped the table or, you know, just any nothing thing. They're not even arguing about what happened. It's just their trauma. The program was written. The button was pushed. Their button pushes their button. Just automatic emotion spiraling out of control. Everybody's triggered by everybody else and nobody's actually communicating about... Yeah, action, <laughs> reaction. There's something I used to um, call preview, which is to pause, reflect, and to just think about your choices before you make them so you're not doing a, an action, reaction, action, reaction. Because that's all it is then. It's just a battle back and forth. What we want to do is to, to set, think for a second and make a conscious choice instead of a quick reaction. Right. And I think that, you know, I don't know if people really think about that in the world when you see things escalate, you know, you'll see people beeping at each other in the car or whatever, flipping each other, things like that. It's like, you know, why don't we think before we act, you know, a little bit more? I mean, that's probably part of being an antivirus, I guess, is to pause before we take action because we could choose to be a negative, you know, action reaction, or you can just go, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love this person instead. Right. And you can change that moment that could change their life. Right. When we act out of love, that's how powerful it is. Even in uh, in uh, physical, holistic medicine, you know, plants that grow on this planet. Yes, they can heal us physically, but can you explain how, when healing one physically, how that integrates with healing one spiritually? Well, so the, if our, okay, so there's the parallel even biblically. There's the, the Old Testament, the Father established the physical body. We need the right physical environment to recover from trauma. You know, the New Testament, Jesus the mind. Well, you need the right mental environment to heal from trauma. And that leads into the spirit. So you think of how a body is originally made. Um, if, oh, I won't even go there. But so the, if our physical body is restricted, it restricts our capability to think and reason and learn and choose. So a lot of people are restricted physically so they can't even get to the mental layers. And then again, if mind is key to all, if we're restricted mentally, we cannot, um, you know, lay down our selfishness. We can't self-examine ourselves. We can't, um, we're too triggered to be rightly related to anybody. We're, you know, it, it really is, the, the mind really holds all keys. You know, there, there is no, no spirit without the mental framework. And, and the mental framework isn't so much a mental framework like a path that gets us there. It's the breaking down of the mental walls that restrict the path. Hmm. That was exactly my experience after 9-11. I shared with you that um, I was doing a self-inventory and that 9-11 like broke, just shattered me. I mean, I, I, I didn't know anyone that was affected personally in my sphere of, of people, but uh, about two weeks after that, I, my, my mind just, I just bawled for hours. And that broke down um, things for me personally to the point where I was willing to be open to ask God what the void was within me. 
and that's when my spiritual journey began. So that overall trauma that happened in the world made me do some reflection and, and realize that the stuff that I'm doing in the world is not really fulfilling me at all. I had a void that was a spiritual void. And when I opened up and asked God what that was, the next day I could hear him speak and my life was completely changed. And our physical actions, it's not about the physical actions. When we consciously do something that is physical in the world, but we're conscious that it's going to have a spiritual impact on others, right. then it's not just a, a physical action. Right. It's a, a spiritual strike uh, against the enemy. Right, and, and our, really everything we do has some spiritual input. You know, really if you think of the spirit is truth, so it's defined the spirit of truth being poured out, um, there's the virus that's alive. Everything spiritually comes down to is it true or false? You know, so, so it's like if we if we see it from that basic level, it really changes the whole paradigm. You know, it. Yeah. Right. We said that earlier about you know Jesus said I didn't come to you know create peace. I came to, I came with a sword of truth to cut through the lies. I mean that says a lot right there. I mean. The lies are what's causing all the trouble. That's the virus. Yep, and how can you be um, one in truth unless you first divide lie from truth? You know, so it's, it's a, there's always like this duality too, you know. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do is directly say something that someone's going to hate us for because it's the truth and they've never heard the truth plainly. You know, so but it takes discernment too to not to speak the truth, understand the triggers that might be present with them, and figure out how to um, bridge the gap. Yeah, because that should always be the goal. There's always two canyons. How do we build the right bridge? Exactly. But there's no, there's nothing new under the sun. So, in order, I learned this in in business. There's no new customers. You know. There's always, there's only someone else's customers. So if you want someone to understand your truth, you're taking them from lesser truths that they believed. <laughs> it really... Um, it, In any relationship that is really, you know, that has great worth and value is all based on truth. Right. You know, a relationship built on lies is gonna fall apart. It's like the foundation of a house being built on sand. So yeah. the truth, you know, the pillars of truth, right. I mean, it, that's what we're getting down to here is how is it that we can discern the truth? You know, what is, what is our, how would we discern what is truth and false? I mean, in what's going on with the world today with, you know, the so-called virus. Um, how, and again, just to remind the listeners, the virus we're talking about in the spiritual warfare, we're talking about evil or Satan and his minions in the spiritual warfare. Although, you know, the word virus can be easy uh, to confuse uh, with the uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus. But, um, Which is, yeah, it's like a blanket. Use it as a blanket term to describe all of the underlying things mentally and spiritually that cause all the physical things that we see. Because we tend to, like a doctor, here's a problem, 
here's a symptom, we're going to address the symptom, okay? But the physical symptoms can't be understood unless you go deeper to the spiritual roots. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's our goal to say, okay, what does this mean in the spirit? What's the deeper root? How can we go further? You know, we, we want to, we always want to find the root cause of anything. Go as deep as we can. And that's what we, yeah. that's our goal. That's it's where deeper. the lie becomes the truth. It's right. a, it's that's where the light shines on the darkness and you can't fix something if you don't know the problem is there. You gotta have the right shovel to dig some deep roots. And it takes, it takes work, it takes time. Um, it takes, you know, learning uh, how to dig, dig up certain roots, um, you know, using the right tools uh, and techniques to, to dig up that, uh, those roots and uh, excavate that information, that critical information that's necessary in fighting this spiritual enemy. And again, it's not, you know, the physical actions do equate to spiritual strikes against the, the enemy. Yeah, because yeah, that's even like scripture says, we're not dealing with the flesh and blood symptoms. Yeah. Even the people, like if I see things through the spiritual lens, factoring in trauma, I'm not going to react to the physical person and their trigger that program running that they have almost no control over. I will stop and take captive my thought and see, okay, that is a program running, that is trauma, you know, I'm not going to react to that and keep that spiral going. I'll stop it right there and figure out how to navigate it differently. And so it's really, um, it's really on us to figure out how to adjust us to the things that are and then reel it back in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, it takes bravery to even, I mean, like self-initiate, to initiate oneself. Uh, some people do get initiated, you know, by someone leading them to, to the truth, but I think normally it's, that, you know, you're self-initiated. Um, though, though is it even self or were you chosen by God? You know, to do that work, it is tough sometimes but I think it's I get great joy out of it right and the truth is everybody's been chosen for it it is the Great Commission you know what lie is Antichrist lie is abomination to God so add truth ferociously and like you said with the the lamb and the lion you know what in the world things like the physical is a veiled mirror to the spiritual. In the world, people are lions reaching down to take from people who aren't strong enough to protect. And they're lambs and they're loving and reaching up. Oh, you have power? Oh, you're amazing. You know, it's the opposite. When we need to be lions reaching up where there is injustice and then be the lamb reaching down, extending the hand down, understanding this is the body. This is our brother or sister. Mm -hmm. They are affected infected with a virus. I might have to take certain precautions with the virus. I might have to create my own buffers trying to go through the process with them, but it changes all the dimensions, you know? It, but we do have to reverse that. We need to be the lamb reaching down, patient, long-suffering, you know, and that lion reaching up, lion towards anything that's not true. That's injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. That's always stuck with me, and I do become aligned quickly when I observe injustice to the point where 
it's like I didn't even know, you know, that was not even me. That was the Spirit, Holy Spirit saying, you know, I'm going to step in here and be a bridge to Amen. truth and love and, and not allow injustice. Because if we walk away from injustice, then it's almost like we're part of that injustice. We can't just look the other way. Yeah, we can't love truth if we don't hate lies. Great way to put it. And to sum it up, that's really good way to, to sum it up towards the end of this podcast episode. We've got about seven minutes left. If you want to give uh, our listeners any tips, pointers on how to access the information that uh, you've uncovered or how to get in touch with some of the works that you've done or just in general, anything you want to say. Well, in summary, one, in our weakness, God is strong. So, uh, actually, I'll go back to the end. Revelation. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, that's outside of us, and the word of our testimony. And we love not our life even unto death. So, our testimony has power because a testimony is never wrong. If I give my testimony, that gives others different perspective on what they're seeing with me. So, if, if there was a way that everybody could give their testimony, and people locally could hear the testimonies of local people, it would fundamentally change the world. There would be nothing covered. There, that's the whole problem is what's covered, you trip over what's hidden. The darkness, I can navigate a room if there's a light on. I'm only gonna stub my toe, I'm only gonna kick the table, I'm only gonna bash my leg, I'm only gonna trip and fall with the things that I don't see. So with us, with us personally, be open to others with the ugly and the, and the beautiful, and then it will just manifest even more. You know, a lot of, some people spend so much time reaching out, they never go within. And the more we go within, the better everything happens outside of us. I agree 100%. I mean, that's where reflection on, you know, just being honest with ourselves, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, that's where we really free ourselves from our own limitations and definitions of where we're scared to grow. When you, the less you define yourself to me, the more you open yourself up to be more of what you could be because you're not allowing limitations. I am this, I am that, I am this. Like the more you say, I am this, that, this, like the more boxes you build around those definitions, which are limitations. Right. Uh, the limitations, um, that, we could talk about that um, some other time, about the, the limitatium, limitatium, you know, the I am. Uh, but um, uh, thank you so much for your, your philosophies and your dynamic, sharp perspective. The truth. It's, um, uh, we had a, a great time last night talking about some of this, and it's great to actually get it, get it on the podcast uh, for others to listen to. And um, hopefully, be changed a little bit. Well, where can people share their testimonies? That's something that I think is amazing and powerful, and God had put that on my heart years ago to try to collect testimonies and just have a book of testimonies because I—it's like my favorite thing to read. It's like somebody's truth, sharing, you know, powerful. their experience with God that might sound, you know, odd or strange to other people who haven't experienced it. But you're right, it's, it's the truth and it's beautiful. 
and mm-hmm. I just I just love it. Did you have a place where people could go and share their testimonial? Well, so you mentioned places. People can check out the concept of Community Works at community-works.me. Um, there is a other, the Community Works is non-faith-based. You can look at uh, faith-works.me. That's a different degree. Um, and one goal is creating um, a testimony now time, a network. You could think of it kind of like a YouTube, but it's just for testimonies. And if there's a way to make it so it's like just in the local hubs, you know, surrounding people, how do we take the technology which has spread us so far out and convert it into interactions that create more real life interactions? And one way is that testimony now time. You know, just the problem is nobody knows what to do. The people that have ideas don't have resources. You know, um, so I mean, just what we're trying to do in in speaking about things is one, raise awareness. Two, if if it triggers anything that we say triggers something with someone else, then I mean, reach out and and connect with them. I mean, the whole point is how do we bridge the gaps? How do we, you know, I will never be able to see what you see in something or her. You know, we each have a powerful, unique perspective and just, you know. Yeah, to build those bridges, you know, you're, you're on your mountain, we're on our mountain. To build that bridge, you know, we both have to, to be involved in the actual construction of that bridge between the two mountains to, create, to create one culture. And to measure that mountain, to create the, to get the information needed to build that bridge, we both got to come down off our mountain. You know, so the truth is that narrow ridge between two extremes and yeah, we spend so much time going up. It's like, hey, it's fun sliding down the hill. You know, like everybody's scared. Like, right. oh, let's no, go enjoy the ride. Let's go gather some resources and yeah. then come back up to the mountain and, um, you know, let's have. And have destroy this. the ungodly mountain. That's the whole point. Yes, sir. Instead of being divided over things that don't fit, look for the common bonds and you know, there's the only reason anything exists is because a pure program hasn't been written. So start writing pure programs. Oh, yes. Christopher Sweeney, we thank you. Podcast number 28. We're going to sign out here um, and we'll be back next week. So we thank you so much for being here and sharing your faith and, uh, and your, your guidance. Mm. We look forward to integration and collaboration in the future. Yeah, we have we have much more to build here. So God bless you while we build these bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>